0: It's now time for Let's Talk with Smitty on WSBS and on the free WSBS app. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk with Smitty. we got a great show here today. And a repeat, customer, but uh, a dear, dear friend of mine and colleague, uh, Representative Paul Mark, who's running for the state Senate, uh, being vacated by Adam Hines, who's running for lieutenant governor. So, Paul, thanks for joining us this morning.
1: Hey, good to talk to you. How you doing? Very good. <laughs> I know you
0: had a busy weekend with graduations. MCLA, UMass. One of the—is uh, it a perk or a penalty of having a large district? You have to go all these graduations.
1: <laughs> it's a—it's uh, a perk to me because it's—it's kind of fun. It's like every year I get to graduate again. <laughs> so, like, yes, you, at UMass, uh, I, I went to UMass. I graduated from UMass, yeah. and so to be able to go to that ceremony and sit there on the platform, you know, it's always been kind of special. And, and the chancellor says your name and you get to stand up. And they, they, he, he says the name of everyone in the delegation, but then he says, you know, Paul Mark graduate of, of, UMass Amherst. And, and, you know, you get like a little bit of uh, cheap applause, which is always fun. And then uh, at MCLA is special because there's so many people from the district and different because it was indoors yesterday and, and, and so hot, or excuse me, Saturday and, and, and really hot. And so I think, you know, Everyone's trying to get back to that feeling of normal, yeah. and there's still, like, a little bit of tension. But, you know, I, I really like going to MCLA graduation because I, I have the chance to teach a class or two there every year. And so uh, on Saturday, two of my students, I think for the first time, uh, were present and walked. In, and, of course, obviously there wasn't ceremonies the last two years. But um, that was kind of special when we took a selfie together. And uh,
0: it was nice. Oh, that's good. I, I, I saw your social media post, I, And I, I always brag about uh, Paul Marcus. He's got more degrees than a thermometer. But he's, <laughs> he, he, he's worked very hard. He's got every degree imaginable. But he's very proud of uh, the, the educational aspect that he's been given. So, um, Paul, b- before we get into your, your Senate race, and um, but h- how are things going with the budget? I mean, obviously, the House did the budget a couple of weeks ago. It's over in the Senate now. But how are things looking in Massachusetts?
1: I, I think in, in Massachusetts, things are looking surprisingly good. And when, when we talk about May 2020, if we, if, if we were sitting here talking on the same radio show and someone told me in two years from today, you're going to have a $6.6 billion surplus and you're going to be looking at a $49.7 billion uh, um, budget plan and, and things are going to be at this moment, on really stable ground, surprisingly stable ground, we would have thought you were bonkers. In May of 2020, it looked like we were in a lot of trouble. We didn't know what was going to come down from the federal government in terms of aid and assistance. And if you remember, I'm sure you remember, we passed a bond issue then to make sure that we could make make payroll, because Mm -hmm. that's how bad things things looked. So um, I think it says a lot to the work that every one of us collectively has done over the last couple of years, and yeah, I think I think as a delegation, we got a lot of really good local wins uh, in that budget. And I know uh, Senator Hines is working on the Senate side. They're going to do their version next week. And when you brought me down to Great Barrington uh, to visit the new uh, Recovery Center, and that gentleman thanked us both because an earmark we get for that opioid task force helped fund what's going on, I, I, I it, just to see a tangible result of, of work we do. And to know that when they open on June 11th, that they're going to be a great resource with the community, you know, feels great. So I think I think the budget's been going great.
0: What do you, what do you say to people, and, and I've said before that, you know, you and I both have the, the the largest districts in the House of Representatives, but what do you say to people when they hear we got $6 billion in our savings account or our rainy day fund, you know, knowing that, you know, gas prices are still high, interest rates are starting to creep up, what, why don't we just pay that down? Why don't we just kind of give some relief? What, what's your answer to that?
1: Yeah and that's that's the problem is that the future is always so unpredictable. So two years ago we were sitting in pretty dark times and I wouldn't have thought we'd be in such a good position right now. And now as we sit in a very good position, uh, I, I'm looking at what's ahead and you know, you don't want you don't want to get overly worried, you don't want to be pessimistic and, and, and cause any, any uh, kind of panic or anything like that. but in reality, economic cycles, go up and they go down and, and different unexpected um, outside factors hit and and that can change the revenue picture quickly. So yeah, you don't have $6.6 6 billion in the rainy day fund and then just decide, well, that means we have to spend $6.6 6 billion or, or, or however that works, but that, that just wouldn't be the responsible thing to do because whether it happens next year or five years from now, there's always going to be a time where revenue comes in Uh, lower than we expected and and there's so many important programs that we have to make sure that they're properly
0: properly funded. Yeah. We're here with uh, my, my good friend, Representative Paul Mark, uh, who's going to the dark side, folks. He's going <laughs> to the State Senate. Um, but that's uh, you know, just a tongue-in-cheek uh, thought that House members always have about the Senate. But the opportunity was there uh, for, for Paul to, uh, to run for the open seat in the Senate because Senator Hines is running for higher office. What have you found in your in your campaign? Obviously, you have a large district to begin with. This is a very large district, the senatorial seat right now. But what have you found? Any common themes or any surprises that you've had uh, representing a large district in the House for 12 years, now going to a much larger Senate seat? Any any thoughts or um, surprises along the path?
1: With 57 communities and now that things are going back to mainly in person, still a lot of Zoom, still a lot of remote, but I, I'd say there's a, there's enough in-person events happening now every single day that it's not a surprise, but it's re, it, I'm remembering that uh, as of like February 2020, I lost uh, 20 25 hours a week uh, in drive time. You know, I'm, I'm I'm back I'm back to that 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 there's just this downtime where you were driving all over the place, and then in, in the representative districts, like yeah, you have 20 towns, I had 16, uh, I've had 22 at times. You know, you're driving some days you, you're, you're in Dalton, and then you're over in Northfield, which touches New Hampshire, and then you're over to Monroe, that kind of thing. You, you're all over the place, and to go to 67, uh, 57, excuse me, communities in four different counties. And like I said, um, I think I was in Great Barrington last week. I was uh, over the weekend. I was at, at UMass. I was in West Hampton. I was in Waitley. I was in Pittsfield. I was at North Adams and I was in the town of Heath up by Shelburne Falls. It, it's just all this downtime that, that, you kind of took for granted while we were doing the remote thing over the last years and then in terms of like yeah issues you're hearing it, it, it it's it's people care about the environment people care a lot right now about reproductive health and what's going on down in washington uh people care a lot uh, and this is something I've been hearing for like six months plus about about um, housing issues. People care a lot about what, what work is going to look like. So from business owners, you know, they're having still having trouble attracting employees. And then on the employee side, you're hearing, well, I'd love to go back to work, but my child care issues still haven't resolved, that kind of thing. And... All of that, I'd say, is pretty common across all, all four of the counties in, that, in Berkshires, whether it's north, south, or, or central county.
0: There, uh, just to touch on the Zoom quickly, um, the I think it's made us much more efficient in many ways. I mean, if you had a yep. Zoom started at 10 o'clock, the meeting started at 10 o'clock. If it was over at 11, <laughs> it ended at 11. But that travel time, and I think the thing that you and I probably take the greatest pride in is the, the social interaction that we have with people face-to-face. So that's, that's been the challenge. But uh, we've saved a lot of money on gas, but unfortunately, now we're back <laughs> driving and gas is over $4, but what, <laughs> right. what, what, do you, what do you think are going to be the biggest challenges? And you've been a wonderful partner because, um, you know, as you know and the folks who are listening should know, we're, we're losing a voice in the House of Representatives because of redistricting, but in many ways we're very fortunate because one of those voices we're losing in the House is jumping to the Senate, and that's namely you. So I think we're going to have some great energy and synergy going forward, but what do you think are the biggest issues uh, let's be very parochial here about the Berkshires, what do you think are be- some of the biggest issues facing the Berkshires as we start getting out of COVID back to some sense of normalcy when it comes to the economy?
1: So to the economy. So so something I've been hearing a lot and I've been as I've been having meetings all over the county, what I've been telling people is the great opportunity now with having our delegation stay stay intact but shift in, in the positions we have and in God willing, having a senator that has actual legislative experience. That's coming into this not fresh, that, that's coming into this with, with six terms under their belt, is what I've been able to do in my district for the past 11 years, talk to local leaders, talk to community members, talk to business leaders, whoever it might be, and I always have a punch list ready to go that when these different vehicles come before us in the House or, or now, God willing, in the Senate, we have things to plug into them, and it's I, I think that's so important. I, I had a little meet and greet in Pittsfield last weekend. And people, you know, talk a lot about the economy, and and, and sometimes the the talk goes back to, you know, we need another GE-style giant employer. Other people think we need to focus on the tourism element and small business. Other people are talking about how the transportation piece fits in. And what I told them is, you know, a legislator and a senator specifically with such a big district— you're not the general manager of the district. What you are is a resource provider, and so you have to be ready. You have to stay in touch with the community, and then because we're going to have a transportation bond bill. I'll have things to plug into that. We're going to have an economic development bill coming up. I've always had things to plug into that, and I think, that's again, that's that's the great opportunity with a delegation that works so well together and cooperates and, and, and gets along and has a focus just on making sure that the people of this area are getting the resources we need, because then when there's a plan and we can help steer that plan and we can help, you know, encourage people to have their voices heard and and, and to get out there and share thoughts they're having that are good, we can can be poised to make these things happen. And I've seen it over in the Valley and in Greenfield uh, with a delegation that I thought worked really well together and had a senator at the time who was in a, a pretty important position.
0: We're here with uh, Representative Paul Mark. He's uh, running for the State Senate and uh, I'll tell you folks right now, he's my guy. <laughs> I'm supporting him all the way. No no hesitation in my front at all. Uh, you talked about experience and I, I think it's so critically important. Not only we're losing a voice, but we're uh, having that experience and that team energy approach that we, we all try to have. And I think there's, you know, we all have egos in this crazy business, but there's no overbearing ego uh, with this delegation. And I think that's really important, but the experience factor is really critical. And I think I went back seven state senators Paul Mark will be the first senator that, that actually had legislative experience when he went into the Senate I think it's really very important for folk to be thinking about as you're trying to weigh the options of, of running for office and, and who you're voting for but having that experience I think is paramount especially with the challenges we have facing uh, as we uh, go forward not only economically but educationally and how we're going to help out small businesses and everybody else but um, seven state senators Paul will be the first one who actually had legislative experience. And, Paul, you and I have served with people that have come out of nowhere, and I thought I knew a lot Uh, being a selectman for 11 years and a county commissioner. I I just learned that I had a lot more to learn uh, when I got into the legislature. So I really want to touch your experience uh, very importantly.
1: No, thank you. I I, I appreciate it, and and it's true. When I got down there, you know, you, you, you think you know a lot, and then it turns out you don't, and it takes at least, I think, to the end of your second term. i got to like a teacher say that to me. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's until you start your third year of teaching the same class that you start to realize, yeah, this is the right way. This is the, this is the right way to do it. And, and, and so it, it's, it's, I think it's no different in the legislature. It's actually set up surprisingly similar to a school year. And then there's, like, this great benefit that now I already have current state senators who I've worked with in the House or I've worked with, you know, across the uh, across the chamber halls. They're already ready to come out now and start like having little events and, and, and hearing about the issues, and I think that's that's wonderful. So we're going to have a, a couple of those type of events coming up in the next kind of next couple of months to try to make sure that you know the, the, the Senate's ready. <laughs> the Senate's ready for me, God willing. The Senate, Senate's ready for uh, the Berkshires, and just when you when you get down there next January, uh, and that's for all of us, uh, you know, going for re-election in the House as well, that we're hitting hitting the ground running because. We don't know. It's been a really tumultuous two and a half years, and no one knows what the next two and a half years are going to look like. But when I think about everything that's going on around the state, around the country, and even around the world, yeah, I, I think it's really important that, that we, we, we have some stability and some steadiness.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, people have asked me this for 20 years, Paul, and I honestly still don't have an answer for them. I don't know if maybe you have, but mm-hmm. when, they, when they ask me, what's a typical day like in the state legislature? I don't have an answer <laughs> for that yet. Yeah. <laughs> It's so different, but how has your experience been in the House, and what really are you anticipating in the Senate? Because it's a slightly different culture. Clearly, going from one hundred and sixty down to forty, it's a different demographic, a different uh, you know uh, staff lineup, and everything else. But what are you anticipating going into the Senate going to be like?
1: Yeah, so I I think what I'm going to like, what I hope I'm going to like better on the Senate side is you mentioned going from one hundred and sixty to forty. So being one of forty. As a Democrat, you were always a chair of a committee. And so what I like about that, you've been a chair of a committee, I've been a chair of a committee. When you have that opportunity on the House or Senate side, what you really have is a chance to put the stamp of this region, the stamp of the people you represent, their voice into a piece of legislation and and how often do we hear you know boston doesn't pay attention to us boston doesn't listen to us so having that chance is something i'm really excited about having the chance i think to be a little more outspoken is, is a good thing uh you know me well enough i'm pretty outspoken guy but I, <laughs> there's also a reality that in the house there's a. Uh, there's so many of us that it's, it's, it can get pretty competitive when you're talking about bringing back resources. I, I, I talked to a former House colleague of ours who is now in the Senate, and he said to me, Paul, you know what happens when you get a little too outspoken on the Senate side? I said, no, what? He said, nothing. He said,
0: you keep going,
1: <laughs> get a senator. I said, yes, that's what I want. So um, I, I think the, the good news is that, is is being more outspoken for the region, making sure you're bringing back as many resources as possible, which is extremely important. I, 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 I can't emphasize this enough. Yeah, a third of our job is constituent services. A third of our job is, is, is making sure we're, we're fighting for policy and, again, putting the voice of our region on those policies. But a third of our job, at least, is budgeting and transportation bonds and, and just getting that slice of the pie back to the Berkshires. And so as, as, as one of a Hundred and sixty. I feel like my district got more than a hundred and sixtieth, and I think your district has got more than a hundred and sixtieth. And over on the Senate side, same deal. We're going to get at least our fortieth, and if I can have my way, we're going to get more than that. We're going to get as much as possible. And 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 it just I can't overestimate and overstate how how, how much that matters. Uh, I think what is the most daunting is just is the is the geography, and again, having represented. 29 different towns in three counties over the past 11 years. I'm, I'm used to putting in a lot of work. I love putting in a lot of work, but it is a lot to go from say North Adams to Southwick uh, and then up to Franklin County and then back to Pittsfield um, in a day or even in a weekend. And uh, I, I, Congressman McGovern, for example, came out from Worcester to UMass. He was the keynote speaker at the commencement. He stayed over in Amherst because he didn't want to drive all uh, the way back to Worcester. And I'm like, well, my district's bigger than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I don't think people realize just how big, uh, big these territories are. Um, <laughs> right. I, I think, Paul, you know, I think I think we've done a, a very good job We're talking about you know bringing the money back to the district. I think we've done done a great job with, uh, you know, broadband investments and uh, kind of lighting up all of our communities uh, for high-speed internet. You know, we've seen during COVID that people have gravitated to Western Mass, Um, a lot of them to our small towns for that natural social distancing. But what what do you think are going to be some of the bigger investments or biggest investments we need to be considering going forward to not only Keep these people here, but to provide them the services because working remotely is real. I mean, it's, it's still an option for people. I was talking to a, a folks in Boston the other day; uh, they're still only back in the office two days a week. So that remote work is a real opportunity for us for investments. What do you think are going to be some of the bigger investments we could be uh, thinking about going forward?
1: Yeah, I, I think transportation is going to be the next mm-hmm. big investment, and and with that infrastructure bill that came out of Washington, you know, we're talking about billions of dollars coming to the state and our entire delegation, and you have been the leader on this for us, has been committed to that idea of of making sure west to east rail happens and that it happens in the Berkshires, that it's not just something that's going to go from Boston to Springfield and end there, um, that we're going to make sure this entire state is connected. And then, then the opportunity for that, if we can get to a level where there is actual realistic commuter service. And so by commuter service, yeah, I recognize Boston to Pittsfield is a bit of a haul, but if you can get back and forth on the same day, that changes things Mm. for this region, I think, in a a, a tangible, significant way. And even if you can get back to Springfield back and forth once or twice a day, I I just think the potential for remote work options, for um, longer distance but more practical commuting environmentally friendly longer distance commu- commuting becomes a real option. And, and the great benefit of that is, again, helping the people here, improving our economic situation, making sure more jobs are available. The caution I've been telling people ever since the broadband project has like really been starting to wrap up is, and it's and it started to happen, is we have to watch out um, for housing because as this area, this is a beautiful area, this is an attractive place to live. If you could do it, from almost anywhere in the world, and you love nature, you love rivers, you love mountains, you love any of that stuff, you love biking, hiking, walking, this is where you want to be. And if we are in competition now with a lot of people trying to move in, or even worse, trying to move in and, and maybe do a lot of um, short-term rental, that kind of thing, like what, what we've seen on the Cape, you know, we, we have to either be prepared to increase the amount of housing available um, or, or something, because we don't want to price our own people out of this community, while of course we recognize from the census work we've done and, and redistricting that yeah, we, we need people to move in here. We can't we can't be stagnant. We need to grow. Uh,
0: how do you when we talk about the West East rail investments? How do you balance the long term? big money investments like rail, which should be, I, I call that the next generation transportation, with the balance of the skeptics who will say, my God, that's a waste of money. We should be fixing all of our roads and bridges. How do we find that balance to help out our how our communities immediately, but at the end have that vision of the long-term investments as well?
1: Well, that's what's important is, is, yes, we need to fix our roads and bridges. That's 100% true. Yes, we need to get better public transit options locally. So in, in a small town in the hills, um, maybe some kind of an on-demand uh, rideshare thing that, that that is that is uh, operated by the regional transit authority. But just because you're operating in the middle term and the short term, you can't pretend that like there's not a long-term goal that needs to happen. And so, it, it's it's if it was a this or that zero-sum game, then it is tough and it has traditionally been tough to plan in the long term. But that was the point of what President Biden did with this uh, build back infrastructure bill is that here's some money to get those log jams that have been sitting for 20, 30, 40 years. I think they said this is the biggest investment since the interstate highways were built in the 1950s. -hmm. This is a big thing and we're going to get one shot at it. And we've been preparing for this the entire time I've been in office and again, in, 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 um, urgency for the last couple of years watching for this. And if we don't do it now, I don't know when the next time is going to be. So, so that's, that's the part to balance out, is you have to also, we think in two-year cycles, and the governor thinks in four-year cycles, and the president thinks in four-year cycles, but we also have to think 20, 30, 40 years down the road, or else there is no, there is no opportunity in the future.
0: In, in our last couple of minutes, Paul, uh, one question I've been asking all of the <laughs> candidates running for office. <laughs> so we've had statewide candidates and everybody in between, but um, if, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: become an airline pilot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, why is that? Why is that?
1: <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't know I liked flying. The first time I ever flew in my life, I was 21 years old. <laughs>
0: so,
1: no, if, I could, if I could give myself one piece of advice <laughs> for, for what I was about to embark on, um, what I would have said was, this is going to be a lot of work. This is going to be extremely difficult on the people that you love and that love you. And in the end, it's going to be worthwhile because when you go to a place like we went, the CRA in Dalton, and they talk about how the work you've done helped kids get child care, helped uh, voting happen in town, helped kids stay out of trouble in after-school youth programs, has just been an anchor for the community, then you're going to know that the time you sacrificed... You know, and then mm. it's been time time in my 30s, which you know, in theory, was good time <laughs> to have uh-huh. that it was that it was going to be worthwhile. And so that that's what I would tell 31 year old Paul Mark is. You know, there's going to be frustration, but in the end, um, it's going
0: to be worth it. Very, very well said. I I just I really and I, I mean this in a, the greatest complimentary way I can, Paul. But they re- they referred to John over as a workhorse, not a show horse. <laughs> that's who you are, and that's what I I love about you, and I think that's why you're going to be a wonderful state senator. You just like the work, and what you've just described about the the advice to your younger self is helping somebody – when the spotlight's not on you. I think that's really what this job is all about, and I think you epitomize it perfectly. Um, so I, I really it, take, take this in a good way. You're a workhorse, not a showhorse. There's no ego with Paul Mark. He just wants to get the job done. He's there to help people. Paul, folks who are, who are listening right now that maybe you want to learn a little bit more about you or maybe get involved in your campaign, Where, where's the best place for them to go?
1: Uh, the website's votepaulmark.com. And I think there's contact forms, and there's there's uh, Paul at VotePaulMark.com would be the email to me directly, which then I can forward on to my, my campaign people. And, um, you know, over the next six, seven, eight months, all the way through January, uh, I look forward to meeting people in all 57 of these communities. I think we've been probably to 40-something of them already for some kind of an event, and, and we'll get to all of them um over the course, so thank you for considering me, and and I'd be honored to be your senator.
0: Well, there's no consideration with me, it's already a (laughs) done deal. But no, Paul Mark, a great colleague, candidate for state senate, uh, and I I wish you all the best, and I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Until then, be well, be safe, have fun, be happy. Let's all take care of one another. Let's all be Berkshire.